Are you a listener to this show who has not tried Bombas yet? I've been talking about this company for the past uh, two or three months. And if you have not given them a shot, it's it's high time that you just went ahead and bit the bullet and did it. Let me tell you something. This company makes the best socks I have ever worn in my entire life. They sent them to me before I ever spoke about them on the show. I tried them for about three weeks, I think, and absolutely loved them. The comfort, the colors, all the different styles, they're fantastic. Most comfortable socks I've ever owned. They have this incredible stay-up technology. They won't quit on you. Whether you're running a 5K or running a company, they are the perfect sock. But what I love so much about this company is not only the product that they sell, but the service they give to their fellow man. Uh, they are connected with homeless shelters around the country. And for every pair of socks they sell, they donate a pair to a homeless shelter. You see, because socks are the number one requested item because you can't donate old socks. So they've even created a special sock for these folks. They don't have to be washed as often, uh, certain colors. If you didn't hear the two ladies from Bombas who are on our show uh, a couple of weeks back, uh, they go into great detail about it. And it's amazing. This company has an incredible heart. So not only do they create the world's most comfortable socks ever created, but they have one of the best hearts about them. If you'll do me a favor, do yourself a favor. Just try a pair. If you go right now to bombas.com, you'll get 20% off just for going right now. B-O-M-B-A-S.com. The most comfortable socks in the history of feet. The Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is The Local Bar. I am your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you decide to spend some time with us today that we are very very thankful local bar can be found on itunes spotify iHeartMedia, all the places you get your great podcast you can also find us localbarmedia.com uh check us out powercast 97.9 if you're in uh it's springfield missouri uh, it's also an internet uh station we play on tuesdays out there powercast 97.9 really cool place Really appreciate uh, all the promotion they're doing for the show. A lot of new listeners uh, growing by leaps and bounds. Yeah, just what I think we're gonna we're gonna level off. Something else comes through, and um, more emails start pouring in. I go and check the the uh, the downloads to see what's happening, and uh, just seeing more and more. You know, uh, start off the show had I think seven people download the first week I ever had it. <laughs> And now 11,000, over 11,000, 70, what's the, 80, 80 countries. No, I'm just looking at this now. Uh, 80 different countries. And, and, and for that, I am, I am very, very proud and very humbled to be a, a part of your life, even though I missed you last week. If you, if you can tell by the voice, uh, it's been a rough, a rough little going. I, um, it's, it's fall season. I have the worst allergies during the fall. But not only that, uh, both of my bands played within about 
uh, 15 hours of each other <laughs> last weekend. Uh, Duncan Sims and the Accused played Friday night at the uh, beautiful Foxfield. Had a blast with the guys from 48 Fables. It was a lot of fun. Good show. And then uh, we went and uh, Don Markle and the Blacksmiths opened up for uh, Cowboy Mouth, which was really cool at a festival in downtown Columbia. And uh, I've always just been a huge fan of Cowboy Mouth from uh, my days in college and was stoked to be able to see them and hang out and get to know them a little bit better. That was a really, was a really cool day for old Chad, let me tell you. Uh, but the voice, the voice paid for it. <laughs> so uh, no show last week, and I do apologize for that. I, you know, it's, I could have powered through it, but this is probably harsh enough on your ears. I don't want to make it like, terrible to have to sit in and listen to me so um i appreciate uh i appreciate you being here it's it's uh it's funny to talk about the first time i put the show up and having seven downloads do you know what happened three years ago november 12th that's right the very first episode of the local bar went up on uh on iTunes, you know, if, if I if I'd have been a little bit more dutiful in what I was doing, <laughs> I would have made show 100 fall right uh, during this week. But um, I'm not I'm not that good. So uh, you get show 98 on my on my third year anniversary. So um, it's really cool, you know. It's really neat uh, to think this thing went for uh, has gone for three years. And let me tell you why. I, I've I've talked uh, many times on this show, and I, I've thrown out little tidbits here or there about why I, I started the show. Um, and and you and you know the gist of it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna open up the kimono here a little bit. I'm gonna let you know a little bit more about your boy Chad and kind of explain to you why why the show actually came into existence. I um. The original idea of the show was to do five-minute video documentaries. Um, I was looking on Facebook. I had realized there were tons of people because, you know, growing up a preacher's kid and I'd have to move every four years or so, there were a lot of folks that, due to social media, I was now able to keep up with. But I, I still knew very little about them. So what I thought I would do is reach out to them. I, I was in sales at the time, so I was traveling all over the place. So I would, hey, I'm coming to your area. I, I would love to do a quick video interview of the two of us. And we would talk about your life, what was going on, if there's any cool story, how times have changed, all this kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. In a way to uh, to to do, um, do social media a little bit more justice uh, than it was doing, to kind of basically almost be an advertisement for it about what you can get through connections of social media. Um, good idea. I, I was going to do, you know, I, I, I do see myself as a director, even though I've hardly done anything. I've got some YouTube videos and other stuff that I've meddled around with, like Final Cut and all this kind of stuff to try to make some things, some very vanguard shots. And I try to uh, express myself through the view of the lens, also through the audio that's coming through. And, you know, I, I've tried and it's it's okay. Actually, some of it. I'm going. There's one or two that I think is damn good, but I digress. Um, and Scott Kelly, the guy that was the very first episode of the local bar, was where I got the idea from. Um, I, I wanted to uh, 
I wanted to have Scott on because I, I really dug the, the fact that he was really trying to make something happen with his life. And he was trying to do something amazing with his life. He was trying to become an, an actor. And um, here's this guy. This guy I remember. Uh, he's, he's a cool guy that I liked hanging around with when, when I was in, in middle school and high school. Um, he's kind of to himself, but he was he was a pretty cool cat. And, and here, he, here he'd had this whole life that I had, had not been a part of. And suddenly, dude, how'd you get from that goofy kid in middle school to suddenly being on, um, oh, he's going to kill me for not knowing the name of the dang movie, the one that came out last year. Step Brothers? No. Crap. Sorry, Scott. God, he's going to kill me. Um, but he's been in, 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 in quite a few other things. And um, I was I was just, I was like, this is what I need to bring out to people. Like they, This is what social media can do for us. It can help us reconnect and learn the stories that people we've shared a life with, um, what they've done. And it's amazing because the the stories we share are 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 really what we are and it's just it's fantastic. And so the the next episode um that I did was the one with with uh, Christopher Smith, uh I call him Smitty. Uh he's a guy that's a bartender at the Cock and Bull and uh a guy who started his own backpacking company and and who's done a great job with it and is continuing to grow that and I loved it because Smitty is number one a great guy uh and number two with a, a his heart in what he's doing and I'm so envious of that and and I and I I wanted to help promote him not just because I want him to get some cheddar in the bank account but because I like what he stands for and what he's trying to promote and I thought that was great and I was like yeah I'm I'm getting like 10 downloads a week but it's 10 people that it's going out to and, and you know hell one of those goes on a camping trip with Smitty it'd be great for him and then um the third week came and I, I decided to try something completely different. Um, I had had a, a friend of mine that uh, passed away uh, due to cancer. And it was um, very sudden for me. Uh, I, I was not in the loop about it. She and I had been communicating, but she didn't want to tell me she had it. it she, I wasn't very I wasn't like the closest of friends with her, mind you. I'm, I'm not saying that. But we knew each other for a long time, going back to the first years in college. And um, through some very funny connections. And um, we worked together in hospice. The first job I ever had in hospice, uh, the two of us worked together. And, um, and she, she passed away. And, and I found out about it um, and, and didn't get to say goodbye to her. Um, and so I rolled the dice and reached out to her best friend, Liz Barnes, and said, Hey, I, I know your friend just died, but you want to you come talk about it? And... Um, and Liz did, and and suddenly, those three shows um, were going to dictate what this podcast was going to be for the rest of its uh, run. I like the idea of reconnecting people. I like the idea of promoting people that have good, fun, positive stories, and I like the idea of being um, something where people could come. And find some kind of optimism to go back out into the world with, even in the gravest of circumstances. And um, and I loved it. So uh, another thing that you don't know about the show, I was um, actually 
I was actually going to only do this for 25 episodes. This was going to be like I was going to almost have it scripted out so that at 25 I'm saying something profound and and good night and good luck. And then I'm I'm hanging up the microphone and walking away and I'm going to look at this 25 uh the pro, uh, 25 podcast project and be very proud of it and watch it grow and use it. And I would, I would constantly come back to it and I would say things like, uh, yes, my uh, podcast that I had uh, did that. It, it ran the gamut of these types of people and it wrapped up. It's something you can listen to episodes one through 25 and find all the inspiration you wanted. And um, um, right around episode 10, I thought to myself, uh, well, that's highly pious of you. Uh, number two, uh, you don't have this thing scripted out, so this is not going to work. And number three, do you really want to stop? Because here, here's the other thing that that you don't know. I, I, I get something uh, very personal out of this. Um, there, there is a dialogue that happens every week. Uh, this show goes out to a lot of people, and I get a lot of emails back, and I read them, and I enjoy reading them. I, I enjoy reading the stories. I mean, yeah, a lot of it's comments, and a lot of people are like, oh, you sounded great. Oh, that's wonderful. And yeah, that, that all makes you feel good. Every now and then you get, hey, you're kind of an asshat. Why don't you just go back to doing something else, blah, blah, blah. You know? And some of those are actually pretty funny. Um, and when I, by the way, when I say I respond to every email, I respond to those too. <laughs> Sometimes I have a little bit more fun with those than I should, but um, I uh, I love some of the stories I get. Like I'll get um, someone who says, "Hey, uh, I loved your guest this week. A friend of mine went through something like that too, and here is how she dealt with it." Or, "Oh man, a buddy of mine dealt with this too, but it happened in a much more hilarious way." Let me let me tell you what happened. And and I I, I hear these stories and I get to um, I, I get to, to to share in that with you. And there is it, this. This seems like a one way communication. But if you listen to the show that I did with Brian Brushwood, it, it, it really is. And I understand what he's saying. And he has a much larger audience than I do. Um, they're not as pretty, though, just so you know, you're the you're the you're the prettiest. But he um, he, he's right. There is a there is a dialogue that happens more often than you may realize. And um, and that's really neat, because when you write in. And you reference a show, I don't have to go back and listen to it. I already know what you're talking about. And and I can kind of pick up on it. And it feels like I'm having a conversation with a friend that I've had for a very long time. And I love hearing your stories. And I've used quite a few of them on the show. And I've referenced a lot of stuff before. And I appreciate that. And that that was so cool. It was so amazing to be able to to have that. And 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 the show as it started to develop, I, I realized, no. No, no, I can't, I can't script this because I want this to be authentic and it's got to take its, its own shape. But there's something else. I've mentioned it on the show before. I'm not quite sure which episode I did, but there's a song there's a song that right around um, the show that I did with my dad, which was show five, I think, six. It was early on, six, show six with my dad. 
in the middle of the show, um, Dad and I were talking about something, and and I knew what he was referring to, uh, and it was just something that that he and I understood. But um, the song started playing in my head, and and I realized then, oh, oh my gosh, I think that's what this podcast is going to become for me. What, what I've also seen is for a lot of you from time to time, this show has become as well. Now, I, I sound like I'm patting myself on the back here a, a good bit. I, I'm not. I don't mean to, to, to come forth with the show and say, you know, every day I'm going to, or every week I'm going to walk right on up to this microphone and I'm going to start speaking into it and I'm, I'm going to heal people. That's what I'm going to do. Now, that's, that's what dad does, okay? He, he doesn't sound like that, by the way. Um, but I knew, I, I knew that it was, it was kind of becoming that for me. And so I was hoping even with some of the shows that I thought were stinkers, I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to put this out there. Somebody may get something out of it. And, and some of them I've never heard, um, I've never really gotten feedback on. And, and I don't know if it's helped anybody else out or not. It's not like all of you comment on, on all the shows all the time. Um, and, and some of them aren't really to do anything profound. They're just, again, like I said, either promoting someone or 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 just kind of showing, you know, stories and, and sharing really cool things that people have have, have done. But um, some of them I did kind of mean to be profound. <laughs> and I'm always surprised. Like every now and then I'll look at what the downloads have been over time. And some of them carry some weight with them. I, I think it's more people that either know me or because of the title, like the one that says dad, that one gets a lot of play, but a lot of people know who my dad is and they want to hear what he has to say. And that is probably one of the best episodes ever done. It was, it was episode number six. And it was, it, it was because of dad. I mean, it's because of the, the, the guests that I had on, but that, that one takes some, and then there's some big names like Kimberly Bryant, you know, she was on Broadway for 25 years. So, you know, that, that one gets a lot too. Um, my, my, you know, the, the ones with, uh, like guys like Mark Rapp, because he's a big time musician, uh, people want to know that Brian Brushwood, Justin Robert Young. I think some people click on those because they want to see if that actually is Brian Brushwood and Justin Robert Young. And just in case you're coming, just coming to the show, it is Brian Ibbett as well. Um, and it's really cool that I've gotten to know a, a lot of these folks and um, Jen Snyder, all these folks, and 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 be able to uh, to kind of do these shows with them. But every now and then I'll see one that uh, I'm like, wow, people people like that one. And then there are some that I think are great. And I'm like, why does no one care about this show? No one ever references this one. And uh, it's kind of funny. I, some of the emails I get when people ask me questions, they ask, um, who's my favorite guest I've ever had? Um, th that's very easy. It's, it's, it's my daughter because she's been on a million times. But to be specific, the very first one I ever did with Bryn is, uh, is, is uh, my favorite guest appearance um it was very sweet it was at a, at a very kind of neat time for the two of us she was four years old and uh really did a great job for a four-year-old um i like the one that the first one that maria and i did uh that was a, a really good one too um i've enjoyed having people like brian nibbit on uh that was a that was a very big thing for me just because of uh, a role that he's played in my life for a long time but but every now and then some of the ones i've done by myself i'm like why why don't people like the, the one that I think is probably the the most important to me 
is probably the one I reference the most. Yet people still don't go back in here. <laughs> it's the um uh, the the one life goes on, and it's one of my favorite. Even the music is done kind of artsy in it. Like I I, I put a lot into that one, and and I mean it got a lot of downloads, but it's not like people are like, hey man, that that one really it, it really it really meant a lot to me. Like nobody nobody says that. And then the one I did on um. Uh, this fixing the school shooting problem. I thought I was like, eh, some people will like this. People won't, but I just want to throw this out there. And oh my God, people like go nuts over that one. And I was like, really? Cause I'm going to be honest with you on that one. I just kind of sat down and started talking. <laughs> um, some of the, I'll, I'll have you know that, that some of the shows, when I say they're scripted, they're not, they're not written from beginning to end, but they, uh, They've got at least some kind of point that I know I'm going to get to. A lot of times, though, I, I've got an idea, and I just want to start talking, and it's kind of an outlet, and I know eventually I'll get to something, and uh, and I do, and I'm always I'm always kind of surprised at it, um, and and every now and then I know that I need to stop. It's like, wow, what an incredible, relevant point you just made, Chad. You, you better stop before you kill it, so let's just end here. That's why the show sometimes is different links, varying links of this show. But the the show really became a, a part of me um, when I realized that song that's always been a part of me was was in the background of of everything that I was doing. I have, um, I, I mention every now and then about Chad's uh, inevitable truths. There's a few things that I have uh, that, uh, whether you like it or not, I know them to be true. And uh, within those, there are some things that you have to do every now and then to find those truths. And you've heard me mention this before. It's the, uh, you need to say things out loud. And if, when you're saying them out loud, it sounds ridiculous to you, then it's probably ridiculous. <laughs> and you need to take a deep look at yourself. Um, the best way I can explain um, this song is, is through um, the situations that I, I've seen it come true in. When I started the show three years ago, I, I wasn't in a very good place in my life. I was okay. It was post-divorce for me. Um, my daughter was was four. We were um, trying to figure life out. I was living with uh, a, a very close friend of mine um, up about 30 minutes outside of town uh, on the lake. I mean, life wasn't awful. But, I mean, you know, it, it was it was a very strange time for me. Um, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do career-wise. I knew I, I, there was a lot that I had to go through. I knew there was a lot I was going to have to change. Um, I was really battling um, my depression really bad at that time, and um, I was doing whatever I could to um, to physically take care of myself in, in order to keep things from coming crashing down. Um, one of the things that I was struggling with that actually the show – in a lot of ways helped me see was that I was in um, a very, very bad relationship with somebody. Um, it was a very venomous relationship with someone. And I, I've mentioned it a couple of times on the show, but there was a, there was a day that it was 
um, that it was very, um, how do you, how do I say, um, it was, it was very, it was very clear to me that there was a, a, an issue and it was the, it was the Christmas before I started the show. Um, I had been, um, divorced and, and actually separated for, for a, a couple of years. And, uh, I'd been in a relationship with somebody and, uh, she had been coming out of, of a, of a divorce as well. But what I, what I found later is there was a lot of lying in it. Um, there was a lot of things that I would ask questions about, uh, that I had every reason to ask questions about. And I was just being flat out lied to. And it, and it, and it got to a very, uh, tough, um, situation, um, I mean, even so bad that that she told me she was divorced and showed me her divorce papers, and they were false. She had actually never gotten divorced from her husband, even though she had moved out, uh, she had built a house, um, had a room for my kid at her house. I mean, it was it was um, it, it, it was uh, it was it was very sad, um, to to say the least. And um, when it all kind of came crashing down. Um, I, I, I questioned so much about myself. And one of the things that the show did is it allowed for me to talk, not only and kind of build myself back up, but also to say some things out loud to where it's like, okay, so, so that hurt. So get over it. Is it going to keep you from, from moving forward with your life? No. Where's your focus? Where does it need to be? And, and the show kind of started doing that. For me, and I think as I go through the old episodes, which by the way, if you go back and listen to them, please don't judge me. I was still trying to figure out like settings, <laughs> and I was still every now and then kind of doing announcer voice, Chad, and it, it just it just sounds kind of dumb. Some of it does. <laughs> uh, go back and listen to it with a huge grain of salt, okay? But um, but I'll I'll tell you a story that happened that that Christmas. You see, I it was the it was the first Christmas that I was going to wake up without my daughter since she was born. It was uh, it was just because things had just kind of turned out that way. So I wasn't going to wake up Christmas morning with my kid. Okay. Uh, she wasn't going to either. She had two children that were a little bit older than, than my daughter. They were going to wake up at her their dad's house. So she and I uh, were going to go over to my place that I had, and uh, we were going to watch some Christmas movies that night, wake up in the morning, have some coffee, exchange gifts, probably watch a few more Christmas movies, like what, what that, that, that Christmas story that plays like 48 times that day. Um, we were going to do that. And then uh, around lunchtime, we were going to split up, and I was going to go see my daughter and grab her and have Christmas with her. She was going to have Christmas with her kids because, you know, divorced parents, that you got to kind of do that crap. And so that was what the plan was. So she comes over that night and um, she's kind of all like dressed up. I'm like, what do you, I didn't, we're going to get dressed up? Oh, crap. You didn't tell me that. I need to go take a shower. What in the hell? And she, she tells me, no, no, I'm, I'm going to Christmas Eve service at the church with uh, my ex husband and my kids. I was like, okay, well, all right. And I'm, I'm going to spend the night over there and stay over at their house too for Christmas. Yeah. Punch in the gut. Um, I woke up that Christmas morning. It was raining. I woke up on the couch for the very first time 
ever in my entire life on Christmas alone. You know, you usually go to sleep um, Christmas Eve waiting for there to be more. And for the first time ever in my life, I woke up to less. No one else there. My daughter not there. No one there, and it was raining. And I remember I, I sat down on the floor right in front of the sliding glass door that I had, and I watched the rain hit the patio for, uh, I don't know, I'm going to guess an hour. And it was very, very hard. Over the next few weeks to a couple of months, I took some very hard looks at my life and where I was. Um, somewhere around April or May is when that relationship was, you know what? This is done. And I had made a promise to myself that Christmas whenever I dusted myself off, went and got my daughter, brought her home. Uh, we played. I gave her this really cool uh, four-wheeler uh, is it like a you know, Barbie four wheeler and, uh, she was scared to death of it, but she learned to love it. And I got her some really cute clothes that I thought were great. And we sat there and we had a little fun time together. And then I took her back to her mom's and I sat at the bar down in five points by myself and thought to myself, I will never, ever wake up on a holiday like that again. It, it wasn't just the being alone. It was why I was alone and what was stripped of me. But I had to realize that that was going to be there. That, that life is going to hand you that stuff, you see. It rained that morning and then it had stopped when I got bread. The rain eventually stopped. But it's going to rain. The song that I'm talking about is one uh, by a family friend, this, this guy named uh, Ed Kilburn, and uh, I always liked him. Really cool guy. I haven't seen Ed in years. I think he's moved now from North Carolina down to Florida, but Ed is a folk singer from North Carolina who would go around to different churches, and so he'd come to my dad's church, and he would do stuff at night where he'd sit down with his guitar, and he'd play some songs, and he would tell stories, and it was just his way of doing you know, evangelism. And Ed was very grateful for what he was able to do, and uh, he was a very likable guy. He had a brother, I want to say a younger brother, that kind of did the same shtick too. He would do it for uh, like youth, and I met him like once or twice at a couple of youth things that we did. I don't know what ever happened to that cat. He was he was pretty nice, nice guy. He didn't have the same voice that his brother did. But he'd use his brother's songs and do the same kind of thing. And Ed would do a lot of covers, too. Like, he'd do, like, funny stuff. Like, um, a song called Frog Kissin'. Uh, he'd sing some Jimmy Buffett tunes. He'd do um, uh, the Mississippi Squirrel Revival. If you're from the southern part of the United States, especially the southeast, then you know the Mississippi Squirrel Revival um, about the sleepy little town in Pascagoula. Uh, he, he would do that. I think Ray Stevens made that popular in the eighties. You know, there's like a 1-800 number. Hey, buy Ray Stevens albums. And it's got all the names of the, uh, of the ridiculous songs going, uh, back, you know, up, the, up and down the screen. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just ridiculous stuff from back in the day. <laughs> stuff we could order from, uh, TV only, only 1995 for his full box set. 
But um, Ed also wrote his his own stuff too, and and some of it was really cool. Um, some of the songs were very poignant. Um, Howard Gray, I remember being a song that talks about how we treat people. Um, it was a really cool song. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a wonderful song. Um, there was another one, uh, the Church for the Unbelievers. Uh, it's it, not not so much a slight against the church, but but Ed never had a problem telling stories or singing songs. Uh, to point out to the church, hey, you uh, sometimes forget about other people. There's another song, A Different Jesus. It talks about the way um, people go and proclaim Jesus and they judge you for it. Um, but he wrote a song about, oh, it must have been a different Jesus the, that I read about. It's it's a great song pointed directly at, at the church. And Ed wasn't afraid of doing that. But But sometimes some of the songs Ed wrote were just beautiful. My favorite song he ever wrote. He wrote, I think, in 1981. It could have been earlier than that. Um, I know it was published on an album in 1981. And um, I was very young the first time I ever heard it. And uh, my parents would buy his records or tapes that he was selling. I think his label was called Fly By Night Productions. I don't know why I remember that. And um, he, uh, I I would put them in and listen to some of the songs from time to time because that's what you do. You put songs in the tape player, sit there and listen to it. Yeah. I know, kids. It was crazy, crazy time. Very archaic life back back then. And uh, there was a um, a song, and the first time I heard it, I I remember it stirring something inside of me. It's probably the first time that I'd ever really truly been moved by a song, and it meant something to me as a young kid. The chord progression is very pretty. Um, the words uh, and Ed's voice is fantastic. And even as a child, the song meant something to me. But as, as I've grown, the song really took on a different shape. Not that the meaning of the song ever changed, but the circumstances in my life did. And so suddenly the song wouldn't wear away. It, it became stronger. And it, it was wonderful, and it has been wonderful, to carry something like that with me through the decades because... It's not very often that you can do that. There may be some books. I, I know a lot of you, <laughs> a lot of you, uh, religious folks are saying, "Chad, the Bible does that for me too." I, maybe it does for you, okay? But nothing did it organically with me the way Ed's song did. And I, I remembered that song when Dad and I were talking on that show. I remember thinking about that song. That Christmas morning. I I really enjoy doing this show um, f- for multiple reasons. My favorite is because I've gotten to know you. Um, I've gotten to know some really cool guests. That That, you have to understand, has been one of the top driving forces for me. And in that, I've been able to take these really cool people and let you meet them as well. The, the world is, uh, it's got too much crap in it for me to sit and have a show that throws crap back into the world as well. And um, I think that if I did a show like that, I would have already quit doing it. But I, I love this. I, I love being able to put better things out there into the world. Below that, though, is a selfish reason for doing the show. 
Hank Thorpe and I will um, will say it's our therapy, and, and it is in a lot of ways. But what it is for me is the opportunity not to say things and for you to say, oh, Chad, I'm so sorry that you get to hear that. Because a lot of times when I'm, I'm saying things, I don't go into enough detail for you to understand, even that it's about me. I, I just say it into the microphone and out into the ether because I believe there is a reason to get that out. And there's a reason to make it and turn it into something positive. And it is a challenge to me a lot of times to take things that are going on with me and put them out there and make it positive to everyone else that's that's listening to it. It is a form of therapy. It is a, Chad, go find the good in this. Chad, go find it. I'm not saying I found it in every single instance. But there's quite a few that I did that in. I'll point them out to you. The, the, one of the very first ones I remember doing that was the what I learned at Disney. There was a big negative about that trip. There was some hard things about that trip. But in, in listening to that show, it, it's a reminder. Uh, I could hear myself doing it. I knew, I knew there was something in there. That show is actually not scripted as much as you think it is. And it was one where I sat there and really pushed things out there. Life goes on. That, that was one of those two. There were some things that I was uh, hurting very much about. A couple of things that I didn't, I didn't even talk about on that show. Requiem for the Pizza Man is another one. A lot of these are ones that, that, that I, I really knew that I needed to find the silver lining to the cloud. Now, I, I can go on and on about that, but... Really, with this three-year anniversary show, I really wanted to tell you more about the song. That song has stayed with me. I, I remember in high school when I was living in a place that I just did not fit in, and I had been there for, for, for three years. And there was a friend of mine that I was sitting on her family's front porch and I'd had a really down week and it had been really bad. I mean, it was, yeah, you know, uh, teenagers in, in the 90s, grunge, it was, everything was difficult. But no, it was a serious, it was a seriously tough week. I remember it raining and we just sat there. I, I remember um, in Charleston. One time when life had handed me some really bad things and I knew I couldn't pout about it and I knew I needed to get up and I needed to change things. And back then, oh my God, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want a negative thing to even exist for a moment. I'm going to fix it right now. And I, I remember a friend of mine, uh, taking me to her favorite spot right on the banks of the Ashley river over there near where the river dog stadium is. And we sat there in the grass looking at the bridge and the river then it started to rain, and I figured we needed to get out of there. And she said, no, no, just sit here for a bit. Let it, let it rain. Let it just rain. I remember years later going back without her, sitting in the same spot, and it rained. <laughs> I remember... When Adrian and I lost the baby. And I remember sitting 
in the Adirondack chairs on the shed that we had with the tin roof. Not having anything to say to each other, but it was a profound day. Adrian and Boo and I sat there, and we watched the rain. We just let it rain. My grandfather, when he died, I, I remember being at that hotel on a sales trip and dad calling and telling me that he had passed. And I remember sitting there on the porch watching the rain come. Hell, even last night, late at night, because I'm going through some very painful things in my life right now and I'm trying to figure stuff out. I remember it starting to rain and I just opened up the door. And watched it. It's it's crazy what we do with with pain, emotional pain. Like, isn't it, isn't it kind of crazy how you can take physical pain and understand it very easily? You touch a hot stove, you learn that you're gonna get your damn hand burned. So now you got a blister on your hand, and it hurts, and it's gonna be annoying for the next few days. So next time you see a stove, what do you do? You don't touch the damn thing. Like it doesn't take much for you to realize that. If the stove is on, it's gonna be hot. If the stove's off, you better test it because you don't want it to be hot. And we understand this stuff and we move forward with it. We're okay with that. Knives are sharp. Don't run with scissors. Hammers hurt. Like we know that stuff. But emotional pain, we we, we don't always do that, do we? And we sit there and, and, and we find ourselves in situations like I found myself that Christmas. I've been lied to. I've been made to be a fool. My emotions had been played with for someone else's personal gain. I, I had been I had had my feelings and my emotions taken and stripped of me. Lied to. And we've all had that done to us multiple times. And we do the same thing each time. Why did this happen again? Now, sometimes we keep touching a stove. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we've got to look at it and say, dang it. I need to quit touching the stove. I had this conversation with a buddy of mine one time who was uh, going through a divorce, and he was worried about getting married again. Oh, no, man, you, you get married and you're just going to get divorced again. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm sure you can look at it that way. Like, you, It's very easy to say, you know, the prime cause for divorce is marriage. Okay, yeah, okay, you, you can look at it that way. You're also not going to get burned by the stove if you don't ever walk into the kitchen. But that's not why you got burned, is it? So we all have to look at our habits. We have to look at what we're doing. And sometimes there's some personal growth that we have to go through. And I understand all that, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not denying that. It's a, it's a very it's a very true statement to make, but but sometimes we go through the really hard things, and and sometimes sometimes it surprises us. Sometimes we disappoint ourselves, but even as we get older, other people disappoint us. I'm amazed the older I get, how there are just some people that continue to treat other people wrong. 
You know, a lot of times I can find, you know, un- like examples of why I, I, I can I can see someone's life and how they grew up and they probably weren't loved by their parents a certain way or they grew up a really harsh way. They had brothers and sisters that treated them certain ways. I, I You know, sometimes it's socioeconomical. Like you, you, you can look at a lot of different factors. You can find common trends, but every now and then there'll just be one that surprises you, probably because you don't know really what the story is, or it's something in their makeup that makes them believe that they have to be that way. It's it, it's always, it's it's very strange to me, and I'm and I'm always I'm always able to find some of those, but sometimes I'm just floored as an adult. Why is it? Why is it? Why is it we sit there and we talk all the time about wanting life to be better and wanting the world just to be a bunch of folks that learn to treat each other so much better, yet we're the ones making it so damn hard? We we do it to ourselves. And we ask those questions. How, how is it that I found myself here again? I know not to touch a hot stove. And we go through those days and you eventually get through it and you're eventually going to be okay and you're eventually going to get burned again. But I'm talking about the moment after it happens. That's, you see, that's what this show was reaching and, and touching for me that I didn't know that it did. It, it I talk a lot about when you get over an obstacle and and how it feels, but I I want you to understand the reason I bring certain guests on, the reason our conversations are pointed in a certain way, I'm talking about right after. Right after it happens. That, That day you wake up on Christmas morning watching it rain. I'm amazed at some of the friends that I have. Um, I, I will have you know that I, I have fewer very close friends than you think. But, man, I've got some other friends that are within that realm that don't realize how good a friend they are to me. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of them have some really great advice. Some of my friends have, like, crap advice. But, <laughs> but a lot of times, some of them have some really great advice. But the ones that always surprise me are the ones that are able to come and put their arm around me and say, I don't know what to say, but you want to just hang out for a bit? I was reminded of that recently with some friends of mine that think they have no advice. Two of them in particular, mind you, that I actually ran into on the same day. They both said the same thing to me. I I don't I don't know. You want to hang out? Yeah. Let's just watch the rain for a little bit. The song A Place to Watch the Rain by Ed Kilburn has been a wonderful reminder in my life that sometimes you just need to take a breath. The rain's going to come. Sometimes you, you you sometimes you slip and fall in it. Sometimes it rains when you don't need it. Sometimes you wish it would rain and it doesn't. 
One of my favorite actors ever is Steve Martin. I love Steve Martin. And I've mentioned this before. There's a familiarity with Steve Martin that I can't understand. I, I would love one day to have a few drinks with him to see if I could put my finger on the reason why I feel like some kind of familial connection with the guy. It doesn't matter to me how bad the movie is. Like, uh, The Father of the Bride Part 2, what a stinker that was. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be one of his greats like The Jerk. Um Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Like, it can be some really bad ones. Um, Parenthood is one of the... Man, that's a good one. If you haven't ever watched Parenthood with Steve Martin, you need to dust that one off and, and watch it. It is great, man. There's some good actors in that one. But my favorite Steve Martin movie um, is one where he p- plays a traveling preacher. Uh, it's a movie called Leap of Faith. And I've mentioned that on the show before. And, and I do find it... Um, it, it does have a very deep meaning to me. Being the, being the um, son of a preacher... Um, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of nuances in that show that I find very compelling. Um, some of it's overplayed, but there's there's a lot of truth in there that I don't know if non-preachers kids see it. Um, not, not, I'm not saying I'm not saying every preacher's a traveling con artist, but there's there and watching the crowd and the re- way they react, what they're looking for, um, the doubt that happens in the crowd. There, there's just a lot of of different levels to that movie. Uh, it's very well written. It's it's better written than you think it is, just from a preacher's kid's perspective, okay? But Steve Martin plays the role of a guy that really doesn't have his heart in it. He travels around, puts up big tents, puts on a huge show, gets people to put a lot of money into the offering plates, and then he takes on off out of town saying, see, God will bless you. And it's, you know, it's just a, it's a takeoff, basically, of uh, a lot of the revivalists that you see in small-town America. They go and they and they... I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm sorry if I'm offending by anybody by saying this, but they 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 pry or they prey on the um, the faithfulness of of a lot of folks that aren't as connected with the rest of the world. There's a moment in the movie though, and it's one of my favorite lines, and it's when um, you know he's been there for a few days and and he's in this this agricultural region where it has not rained in a long time and and people are coming and they're starting to lose their farms and they're going to lose their crops and that means they're going to lose their businesses and some of them are going to have to move out some of them are going to have to file for bankruptcy they they don't know what they're going to do and so it's easy to tell that what he thought he was going to do was come in start these revivals it would start raining one day he would preach about how wonderful it is and their faith brought that rain in and he would mark that and circle that spot on the map because next time they're hurting he'll know he'll be able to get and probably double his profits from the last time you like you can you can tell it's not really spoken but you you can tell that's what he thought the layout would be but what happened is it's getting towards the end of the week the miracle hasn't happened yet folks are starting to question him they're standing up in the middle of the revival they're starting to shout things at him preacher when is it going to start raining and 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 he does this thing that that con artists do. That's that's a brilliant line for a con artist, especially if you're a pastor. And he looks back at the crowd because he knows he's got to do something to keep his credibility alive and keep going until he's ready to break down and get out of town. And he doesn't need any more doubters than there already are. So he turns it back on them, and he starts giving them this soliloquy about. You want to know when it's going to rain? I see people not treating each other nice on the streets every day. I see a black man not be allowed into this restaurant because of the color of his skin. I see people 
that are drinking themselves to death, that are using drugs, that are doing things that the Lord wouldn't have them do. And he goes into this huge speech, and at the very end of it, he says, you want to know when it's going to rain, and I want to know when's it going to stop. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant line. I mean, had them wrapped. Now you can do whatever you want to, because why? The miracle hasn't happened because of their lack of faith. And then he goes on, and there's a a moment with the crippled child um, that he underlines that point, but he sets it up with that line. It's beautiful, well-written, perfect con artist line, right? But in real life, a, a line that we do ask ourselves, I don't want to know when it's going to rain. I want to know when it's going to stop. Man, I want to know when it's going to stop for me. I don't have the hardest life in the world. I still do consider myself the luckiest guy you've ever met. But yeah, there are days that it gets really tough for me. I've mentioned it on this show. Not for pity. Not because I won't help from anyone. It, it's just a matter of letting you know that we always go through it. And that's been an underlying tone for this show for me for three years that I, I just haven't just flat out told you, and it is. So often I want to know when's it going to stop, man. But this show exists in that moment. It exists when you're sitting there feeling every painful inch. And sometimes it's not a bad place to be for a moment. We get hurt physically. We look for a Band-Aid. We look for something that takes the pain away immediately. And emotionally, we think we can do that too. But as I, as I alluded to before, emotional pain and physical pain work differently, not just in the way that we treat them, but in the way that it treats us. Some, sometimes we just need to let it rain for a minute. It's not a sad thing. It's, it's okay to take a breath. It's okay to remember. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be bad times. I, I've said on the show millions of times, one of my inevitable truths is when people say, Chad, why is it that bad things happen to good people? The, one of the things that I know that is absolutely true, that you'll never be able to change, that will always be true, is this. Bad things happen to good people because bad things happen to all people. You just don't realize it. But it does. So when life is just going about itself, when life is just doing what it does, when it's not convenient or when it's downright hurtful to you, you just have to understand that's the way life works. And life will go on without you because life went on for a long time before you. It will never end. You've just got to understand when you have your days that are wonderful and great and brilliant, you're going to have the days that aren't going to be that sunny. Just because it's a beautiful day doesn't mean that night isn't coming. And it gives you a chance to see who's standing with you. Who is crazy enough? Who is crazy enough 
to just sit there in the rain and not say anything. That song, that song has always just grabbed me. And I love it. And I swear, if I had a better voice, I would try to cover it. But, you know, Ed just did it right back in the 70s when he wrote it. It is a pretty song. The chords are are, are perfect. The progression is great. Ed's voice is just brilliant on it. And the lines, as I go back through them, probably each line has its own story. It is a very simple sounding song, but you understand that there's got to be. There's got to be more depth there than you even realize. But but for me and personally, for me personally, I, I know, I know what the words mean. For three years, you have listened to this show or you've come into it over the past three years. You've, you've sent in emails or you haven't sent in a thing, but you've thought about things. You come back. We've shared great stories. You've told me friends you wanted me to interview. We've had some kind of dialogue here in one way or another. Even if you've never said anything to me directly, I'm sure I've pissed you off. You've yelled into the radio before. <laughs> Probably more than I want to know. But for three years, you've allowed for me to do this for myself. But, but because you come back and because you're a part of this, whether it's just because you download it or because you comment, oh yeah, if you want to subscribe and comment, that helps me out. Great, just so you know. If you email me, any of that. You've allowed it to be that spot sometimes. I, I will have you know, I get stories from people that astonish me, that I don't, I don't have an answer for them. I don't know exactly what to tell them. But this show has existed in that in that moment. And it does it for me. And I guess I just want to say thank you. As I've traveled through the last three years of my life with you, you've at least found it interesting. Some of you have taken something away from it. I hope that it's made the world a little bit brighter of a place for you. I hope that it continues to do that. I don't expect this show to be anything groundbreaking, but I hope it always keeps what it is. It's that song. It's the bridge of that song, I think, that defines it the most. Oh, for a place where it always works out. Oh, for a rainbow each day. Oh, for some answers without any doubt. You know, these are the things that people pray. But the answer comes back in the darkness of night. In the words of an old best friend. I don't have any answers. I just have myself and a place to watch the rain. Of course, there'll be rainbows. But first, there must be. A place to watch the rain. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, 
head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. Yes, we will see you next week. Thank you for the past three years. Thank you for the letters, the emails, the thoughts, the participation. Thank you for a place to watch the rain. Until next week, take care. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com.